Hey everyone, welcome to the Accounting Firm Podcast. Are you struggling to grow your accounting firm? Not anymore. This is where you get actual insights every week into how to scale your firm. Each week, we will spend 15 minutes interviewing actual accounting firm owners just like you so you can learn how they overcame the biggest challenges that you will face when growing your firm. Let's get started. Hey everybody, today we're talking to Jasmine Simpson about what she is doing to get away from the day-to-day work at her firm so she can focus on growing her business. Jasmine Simpson is the owner of Good Stewart Financial Company. They've been in business for three years, manage a team of four, and currently serve over 25 clients. Jasmine, it's great to have you on the show today. Thanks, Sharon, for having me. I'm super excited. No problem. Really excited to jump into our topic. But before we do that, how about you tell us a little bit about you? So I'm going to pass the mic. If you can tell us about the firm, what you do, and what you're all about, that would be great. Absolutely. So again, I'm Jasmine Simpson. I have a background in, in accounting, so all things accounting before I started the firm. I actually worked in the corporate aspect um, in several different roles from internal audit, financial reporting, um, FPNA, so financial planning and analysis, um, and really just realized it was time to do something else. Um, so I started Good Stewart Financial Company about three years ago. Um, we actually serve the nonprofit industry. So we have nonprofit um, clients all over the US. Um, we're actually a virtual bookkeeping and accounting outsourcing firm. Um, right now we have a team of four, um, five, including myself, very great um, set of individuals. That's great. Thank you for that introduction. So you mentioned that uh, your niche is focused in the nonprofit space, right? Right. Do you find that to be an advantage? I know a lot of firms struggle with deciding whether to pick a niche and narrow down their market or stay broad. Yeah. Um, so when I first started out, um, when I first founded the company, I actually started with small businesses, right? Um, just because I thought that the transition from the corporate world into um, building a firm of my own, I thought that it would be easier to go the small business route. And we had a nonprofit client come our way um, and really connected with them and, and loved their mission and loved what they were doing um, and just felt like we were making more of an impact um, for them to be able to you know, better serve their community. So right away, it was just an instant click. And I knew that that was probably the niche that we needed to serve and target in our business. Very interesting. Well, it sounds like you guys have been doing really well. I mean, to grow to your size in three years is, is, is a good feat. So uh, congratulations on that. Thanks. It's, it has its challenges as well. <laughs> I'm sure it does. Growing pains. Um, yeah. Well, thank you for that introduction. So let's jump into the topic today. So earlier, we were talking about how right now, even as the owner, you're still doing a lot of the day-to-day work and delivering the client services. But what you're really trying to do is get away from that so you can focus on working on the business instead of in the business. Can you tell us a little bit more about where you are today, that challenge, and why you believe it's an issue? Absolutely. So luckily, we've still been able to grow, you know, based on Um, really serving our clients well and providing exceptional service. Um, We've grown as of today, really through word of mouth and referrals. Um, But as a business owner, you know, Sharam, you know that that's that's unpredictable sales, right? It's very hard to plan for word of mouth and referrals. 
Um, so currently right now, yes, I still, I'm in the day-to-day, -day. I'm a part of the team. You know, I help deliver client services and oversee the team and figure out what we're working on, you know, each day and each week. And what that's doing is it's causing me time. Um, you know, it's limiting my time that I could be using to market the firm and really um, push our growth to the next level. Interesting. Yeah, I think a lot of firms struggle with this. Um, you know, there's, you know, when you first start out as a solo or, you know, it's you and one or two other people, you're still involved in the day to day, but there becomes a point where you have to step up to a higher role to really steer the ship. You can't do the work and focus on growing the business at the same time because you only have so much time in the day. Absolutely. So uh, uh, let's talk a little bit more about where you want to go. So let's say, you know, you start big working on the business, what does that look like day to day? What is, wh where is your firm at that point? What does your role look like uh, working day to day in the business? Yeah, so I'll kind of um, take you through a little path of kind of how I'm navigating to get there right now as well. So um, as you know, starting a firm when you're pretty much the only one providing the service, a lot of the things that you learn and, and execute on they're you know, in your head, right? Um, so right now, we're actually trying to make sure that all of our processes um, and SOPs are in place to where when we do grow and hire new team members, you know, there's there's documentations on how the work should be done. The one have that, you know, the standardization and the consistency across the team um, and just there for, you know, additional guidance. Um, so that's one thing we're working on right now. So when I think into the future on um, what I want the firm to look like, I want us to be able to operate, you know, efficiently with these processes and, and standards in place so that we can execute really good um, services for our clients. That would look like, you know, the team really owning their work mm -hmm. um, and, you know, working alongside those clients to make sure they're happy. And I would be, you know, behind the scenes, building new relationships with new prospects and new potential clients um, and being, you know, the one that, that does the marketing and the higher level um, strategic planning for the growth of the firm. Okay, no, that makes sense. And so you were talking about the SOPs you're implementing right now to really help streamline your process and to help your team to be able to really own that work. Can you talk to us a little bit more about how you're implementing these SOPs? Uh, what's the process you're going to defining your work? Absolutely. So right now, um, it's, it's the end of the year right now. So we're also in a place where we're looking at all of our clients and we're looking at our processes and really thinking about what we can do better, right? So as we're going through that process, we're making sure we're documenting the processes that we have in place right now. Um, we are doing that on paper, um, but we're also using financial sense to really build out those, the projects and the tasks and the subtasks so that they're there for you know, our team um, to utilize as they're performing services as well. So we're really, you know, we're in the weeds right now, making sure that everything is documented um, right now in two places, right? The standard SOPs, um, but also within our financial, you know, practice management system as well. Yeah, you know, we talk about this a lot. Um, I think making that next step, but from like, you know, just being you doing a lot of the work to really passing that on and not only just being able to pass that work, but really being able to scale your firm quickly. You got to mm -hmm. be able to hire, train and train people really quickly. 
Um, and the best way to do that is to give them the playbook or an SOP of how to do this work for a specific client step-by-step. Step. Um, and the more detailed, the better, right? The goal is you don't want, when you hire someone, they have to tap you on the shoulder every 10 minutes to ask you a question, right? Because that then still takes up your time. Even though you're not really doing the work, you still technically are. Um, yes. And I, I've heard before, like some people call the alien test, right? Where if an alien was to land on earth, you want to be able to give them a detailed enough process to where they could follow it and still get the work done. Um, and it seems like you guys are doing that and you've built out this process. And I, I believe you said too, during this process, you're also not just looking at how to do the work, but as you write it down, you look at how can we improve the current process, right? Yes, right. <clears throat> yeah, and that's just as important. So, yeah, of, of course, and it's, it's very critical for us as well, you know, as we grow, as we learn more, as we get more people on our team, you know, with different experiences and knowledge, um, that we're utilizing that to, you know, have improve our services for our clients. So that's something that we typically really look at all the time, but towards the end of the year, when we're thinking about, you know, what can we do differently in the next fiscal year? Um, we really start thinking about that a little more, more closely then. Do you have a way to decide the things you want to take off your plate or delegate your team? It's funny that you've asked that. So I recently have started reading a book. Um, it's called Banishing or Banish the Bottleneck. Um, and it, it's written for um, firm, firm owners like myself who started off once with it just being me. Um, and they've now grown a team or they're growing a team um, and they need to, you know, delegate more of the task that's on their plate. Within, within this book, Sharam, it talks about, you know, really the accounting firm owner being the bottleneck. Um, so a lot of what they touch on in the book is everything that, you know, the firm owner is currently doing, especially when it comes to delivering services. Mm -hmm. There needs to be a list created for those things, right? And it's called a stop doing list. So instead of my, my, my daily to-do list that I work <laughs> I've created a stop doing list. So everything that's currently on my list, I'm taking that and I'm training staff members or I'm writing SOPs. I'm doing something to remove myself from that process so that, you know, this time next month, that's one less thing on my quote unquote to-do list. I love that. I love the stop doing list. You know, I didn't do exactly that, but so like financial sense, our business, we're growing really quick and we've been hiring a lot lately. And I've been trying to buy back my time, similar situation as you, so I could focus working on the business. And I did something similar. It's not the same, but basically what I did was every day when I worked, I'd write down, what am I doing from all day? What are the different things and tasks I have? How much time are they taking? And then I looked at it like, what can I delegate? And yes. like really by writing those things down and just visualizing them, it can be a really great start for people to figure out where to start and how to begin this process. Absolutely. And I think my approach too is still similar to yours. So like I, I work off of my calendar and everything on my calendar is color coordinated dependent upon the task. So if I'm delivering, if I'm working on, you know, client services, that's color coordinated in blue. So it's been interesting to look back over the weeks and see like the blue spaces, you know, shrink over time. So definitely need something, you know, visual to be able to work off of. Definitely. Well, I, one thing I also wanted to uh, switch into. So, you know, we talked about creating these detailed SOPs 
to really help you scale your practice, scale your processes. Um, it, what about finding talent, right? Because yes, you can create the process, but you still got to find pretty good talent to help run those processes and to go off those SOPs. And I know lately it's been a lot harder for people, for businesses and firms to find talent. How, how has that been for you? Absolutely. So um, last year in 2020, when we when we really started hiring, it was a lot more easier, I would say, to find, you know, really good talent. Um, we hired, you know, three people last year who really, you know, you know, could nail nail down the work. Um, this year, however, though, once we started trying to fill new positions, it was very hard. Um, one, because even the job postings that we would put out there, we wouldn't receive a lot of applicants. Um, at all compared to what I've seen in prior years or last year. Um, and so it's, it's been uh, very time consuming really to watch the, the resumes that come through when you have a job posting and really decide, you know, not only who can do the work, but we need to find someone who's a good fit for our team that we currently mm -hmm. have um, and also for the clients that we, we serve. So it's, it's been a challenge for us to, um, we have experienced that as well. Do you think that by standardizing your processes so well and in a detailed manner that it's maybe allowed you to hire people that wouldn't have been as qualified, but can fit that role now because they have that playbook to go by? Absolutely. I think that is going to be a big game changer, especially in the, the time. You know, you always have the learning curve. Um, mm -hmm. I think that it will reduce the time that we, we've seen in the, in the past um, for the learning curve. Um, and it will allow us to maybe maybe hire someone with not as much as experience and kind of coach and develop them, you know, as they grow with the firm. Yeah, I can see that definitely adding value to the process and helping solve that problem. Well, so th that was all very helpful. I love talk talking about that topic. To kind of close out this topic, I wanted to ask one last thing. So as you've been through this process, you know, really figuring out how to streamline your process, get away from working in the business to working on the business and focus on, you know, marketing and more strategic initiatives for your firm. Is there any other small things you'd like to mention that would be helpful for some of the listeners here today? Yeah, I would just, I would really hone in and say that if there's anyone that's kind of new to the business, that's just starting the firm and, and are operating, you know, as a one, one man or one woman shop right now, definitely spend this time to document something. Um, because I think we get caught up in, you know, growing the firm, <clears throat> excuse me, growing the firm. And um, we're looking out towards the future. Um, but I think it's, it's, it, it's, it's hard, you know, once you hit that growth um, spurt to then take a step back and start doing um, the mundane things as documentation um, while you're still trying to deliver you know, services for your current clients. And then on top of that, the new clients that have come. So if I was to do this all over again, um, you know, day one, when I received my first client, I would start documenting at that point. It's really, I think that is, that's going to be critical um, for anyone who is in this role and really wants to grow and, and grow successfully, I would say. Great. Well, thank you for that. So let's jump on into our five quick fire questions. So if you could go back in time, other than what we were just talking about, but if you could go back in time when starting your firm, what is a single piece of advice you would give yourself? See, I guess I should have saved that last answer for this, <laughs> right? Um, um, I think 
what else would I say? Hmm, good question. You've stumped me. I think more so along the lines too of strategic planning earlier, right? Um, yeah. I think I would literally probably lay out, you know, what I want the next three to five to seven years to look like. Um, I don't think I was that involved um, in thinking of those things early in the, in the, you know, early when I first started. Um, so, yeah, I think I would probably take a look at that because, you know, you read the statistics when it comes to opening up a, a new firm, mm -hmm. and, you know, it takes a while um, to get clients or it takes a while to grow. I didn't experience that. So I didn't really, fully plan for the growth that I've seen um, in the beginning. No, that's great. It's glad to see that you've had that much success in such a short period of time. So the next question is, what trait do you think is important to be a successful firm owner? Um, someone that is determined. Um, I think you really have to remember your why, you know, why you got started. Why are you doing this? Um, a lot of people, I see a lot of people, you know, in culture today, they, um, they really hone in on this business owner or I'm a boss type mentality, but really don't think about all of the, the late hours and the time that goes into really getting started and getting off the ground. Um, so when you're, you're in it, you know, you have those seasons where you don't have a lot of personal time or time for family, um, or you're, you're finding time, you know, wherever you can. So you really have to remember your why, why you're doing it to help you push through, push through that hard season. Great. So what is a software tool that you can't live without? Oh, that's an easy one. So for us, it's QuickBooks Online, really, because that's the one we use to deliver all of our client work. Okay. And then what is your favorite accounting resource? It could be a blog, a book, a, a Facebook group forums, anything? Um, I would have to say right now I'm doing a lot of reading. Um, so recently I've been reading a lot of books by Amanda Watts. Um, and so I would pretty much say that's my favorite accounting resource right now. I really enjoyed um, the pioneer, the pioneer mm -hmm. just that she's written. And um, I'm going to start reading Practice Growth Superpowers here soon. So Great. And then do you have... Uh, do you have anything that you're working on that you would like to promote to our audience or talk about? Um, I think the only thing that we're kind of working on for 2022 for our specific industry and niche is um, really making sure they're equipped with more um, FPNA type services that you see in corporate world, because for the ones that, you know, we've been working with this year and implemented some of those types of services um, with, they're really seeing the impact and really understanding their financials and, and visualizing growth and what that looks like for their organization. Perfect. Well, thank you for doing this interview today. It was great having you on the show this week. I think you've talked about a lot of really insightful things that our audience can get a lot of actionable insights into. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks everyone for listening in. If you enjoyed this podcast, please go write a review. This will help other firms just like you find our podcast so they can get insights into how to grow their firm. See you next week.